This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support this show. Get your ad-free episodes. Get your exclusive bonus episodes. Mm -hmm. And let me give a uh, quick thank you to some of our more recent Patreon donors. They include Lori O, Nadia L, Amy H, Joshua M, and Sweet Afton. Thank you so much for your support. Is that the Joshua who's from Owensboro? Sure, why not? I wrote a, he, we write thank you notes to a lot of our do, to our donors, and um, I wrote a weird thing about Owensboro because that's where my best friend is from. Sorry, Joshua, that was a weird thank you letter. Excellent. <laughs> uh, good week. Hello. Hi. We, are we good to go? Should I'm, we just start with the crazy? Yeah, let's jump in. I I listen. I took notes. Look at my notebook. The notebook says half-assed ideas. And so they are. Excellent. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's start with a rundown of Mike Johnson's craziness. Do we remember uh, Mike Johnson? Yeah, sec- nope, not Secretary of State. Close enough. Uh, yeah, Speaker, yeah, Speaker of the, of the house. house. So we know he's a Christian nationalist. We have discussed Mike Johnson as a Christian nationalist, a mm-hmm. guy who just wants to merge God and government. Mm-hmm. This week, oh. because he has nothing else going on <laughs> and Congress is not in session, even though it is, and has stuff to do, like not shut down the government soon. Mm, sure. Um, he, on Tuesday, appeared at an event for the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. Oh, boy. Which that is seems above board. a group founded by Jason Rapert, the guy mm, from Arkansas. Who we mistakenly called Repair for a long time. We and didn't know somebody if it was, was a like, Colbert Girl, thing. no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> NACL, because they're salt of the earth, of course. Mm. And Rapert's group is all about Christian nationalism. We need more Christians in government. Yeah. Because that's the problem with government. Not enough sure. Jesus in it. I would love to look at an overview of like states led by strong Christian leaders and just check out just poverty <laughs> rates, education rates, etc. I'll beat you to it. It's all of them. And so uh, they appeared at this event, big event, a lot of anti-gay stuff said at this event. But the thing I want to highlight is that when Mike Johnson spoke at this event, he talked about the things that were going through his head when he was about to be speaker. Okay. And I'll give you... I'm going to play a clip for you of what he said. Wait, I forgot to get headphones. Of course you did. So (laughs) as he was talking, he was explaining that he thought he would always be a supporting player in the Republican Party, you know? He would be uh, the Aaron to the eventual Moses who leads the way. I don't know that reference. That's okay. Now you do. And so he was actually surprised, he said, that he became speaker because he thought he would be a supporting cast member, right? Not Uh the lead actor. Um, And so this is what he's going to talk about. And I just want to highlight the way he says all this stuff because uh, I'll bring it, I'll, I'll zoom out once we hear the full thing. It's a couple minutes to listen to, but just listen to the way this guy talks about how he feels God spoke to him. Oh, Jesus. It's not funny, but there you go. Spooky is a funny word inherently.
close personal friend was deposed. bad at telling stories. Can I say this? <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop it there. But just to recap here, God spoke to this man in that the middle of the night. Four year story that I could yeah. have told in two sentences. It was a blast at the party. Oh, by the way, you know where this party took place? The Museum of the Bible. The place in Washington, D.C., founded by the oh, Hobby Lobby family. Yeah, I With a bunch about of stolen that. ass artifacts. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> anyway. miserable. Oh, those people. So, Mike Johnson is God, saying. T- wait, hold on, really yeah. quick. Talking about the worst fucking part of Christianity is a bunch of scavengers going through the Middle East, robbing people of their artifacts and br- stealing the name of them, Jesus. bringing them back to a tacky museum in Washington, D.C., which is just the least Christian place I can think of. <laughs> it's, oh, it's five shades of irony. So, Mike Johnson's like, God spoke to me in the middle of the night, which, by the way, if you said this about anything except God, we would say, this is weird and messed up, and maybe you should get checked out. Mm. But nope, God spoke to him many nights, and he's like, I need you to help me out. God speaking, like, write things down, plans, procedures, ways to pull the GOP together. Sure. And then God's like, I need you to, like, support this guy. And then the dude fails. Support the next GOP guy. Nope, fails. So he's if, telling him to do all, God is speaking to him to do each and every one of these To support all things. these men. You're not the main guy. Mm-hmm. Stand in the background. Can Be you, the Aaron to their Moses. Can you, Cliff's Notes, who the fuck Aaron is? Doesn't I, matter. Uh, come on, dude. Give me a little bit. Like, <laughs> I assume, do you know, you have no idea who he is. No, he's he's the guy who is basically Moses's assistant in the Bible. He okay, is there like his right the hand man through yes. the desert wandering? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. I did make a whole video series on this, but that was a long time ago. But yeah, that's the idea. And so I feel like if God has you supporting these people and Mm -hmm. then these people lose over and over and over, maybe that's a sign, but nope, not apparently not to Mike Johnson. And then finally, after four failed speakers, he's like, now step forward, which is ominous. And then he was immediately elected, right? Because they had no other choice. <laughs> they settled for Mike Johnson, mostly uh, just because... Just like God wanted. Yeah. God and was like, Mike Johnson, they're going to settle for To you. summarize, he's saying... You're this everybody's is, sixth choice. <laughs> this is the Christian spin on his party's inability to pick a leader mm. after one extremist, Gates, used his power to boot out Kevin McCarthy, who was the extremist already in charge, and then three other extremists couldn't rally enough support within the party to take the previous extremist places. And then this guy, Mike Johnson, was so obscure despite his own extremism that the extremist party finally settled on him as a choice of last resort, because who else were they going to pick at that point? At that point, we're talking warm body with a pulse. Yes, and he was the warm body who had... Like, who was basically obscure because he had been in the shadows for so long. So I'm not sure this is, like, a sign that 
God wants him to be Moses, it's a sign that the Republicans couldn't get their shit together to find someone who actually knows how to do the job. And in That's every a kind story, of sign, a really convoluted <laughs> and hard to understand sign that really doesn't mean anything in particular and is pretty open to interpretation. Fair but enough. But a sign nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, if if this is the sign God is telling you, maybe the sign is maybe you're in the wrong line of work because mm-hmm. you keep failing. I mean, if there's anything we've seen in the headlines coming out of Washington, D.C., it's that Republicans don't know how to do any of this right now. They just lost this week two of their members. Like, Kevin McCarthy's leaving by the end of the year, really? he said. George Santos got kicked out. Santos, whew, like, that was great. They're down to, like, a two-vote majority, and that's assuming everyone else stays in place and stays in line, yep. which, mm, anyway. <laughs> so, this is what he's saying. He says, I'm Moses. God wants me to be Moses, which is a weird thing for anyone to admit out loud that God wants me to be one of the main characters oh, in the yeah, book. Oh, yeah, that really is main character God syndrome. Spoke to me. And also, can you imagine if the story of Moses had the GOP as the followers instead of instead of whoever is following Moses, like just complaining and swearing <laughs> and undermining at each other and like Lauren having Bobert's gay affair behind rocks. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I would actually watch that show. The GOP is much whiter than everyone following Moses in the desert. See, which, there's your metaphor. It's Moses is the guy who led his troops through the desert, wandering for 40 years aimlessly. Wow, that is a good that metaphor. That is the metaphor, for, not for guy Iraq. who parted the Red Sea and led the way for everyone to go through. Man, somebody should make a video because that's a strong metaphor you just mm-hmm. wove for me there. I like it. <laughs> Apparently, God chose Mike Johnson to lead the charge against refugees mm-hmm. and already marginalized people because yeah. that's all they're doing right now. That's up his alley. Here's the thing to keep in mind with all of this though like white evangelical zealots routinely compare themselves or their leaders to biblical characters oh yeah he's doing it with moses right now uh donald trump was compared to the king cyrus repeatedly and cyrus i did not hear that who the fuck is cyrus cyrus is basically a non-christian whom god put in place to help the faithful in the Bible. Oh, like a steward of kind of sorts? Yeah, you're helping. You're not the ideal pick. You're not the guy who fits the mold, sure. but you're still helping us out. They also compared okay. Trump to King David, who was basically a sinner who was still anointed by God to do his work. See, didn't All they find those... that to be a problem back in biblical times, too? Did like, they? Uh, okay, go They ahead. also compared him to Queen Esther, ironically. Uh, Trump. They compared him to Queen Esther, who basically saved the Jews. And they're like, see what Trump is doing for Israel? He's like the queen, which I'm sure he loved. Oh, boy. Uh, even Vivek Ramaswamy now has leaned into the King David comparisons, or at least evangelicals have said that about him. Like, he's not perfect. He's that kind of brown. But maybe he's God's way of working mysteriously. Uh, the point is, like, why is this part of their rhetoric? Because if you compare yourself to a biblical character, mm. it makes it a lot harder to criticize you because now you're not just criticizing me or my ideas. You're criticizing the Bible yeah. and God's plan and yeah. how dare you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to ignore Trump's crimes and ignorance and cruelty if you just believe God appointed this imperfect person to fulfill his goals. And if Mike Johnson says God told him to be Moses, Mm -hmm. then all of his rash, irresponsible decisions can be overlooked by all the conservatives who might be really upset that he's kind of caving in and not shutting down the government or whatever it is they want to do. Sure. So, uh, by the way, all of it worked for whatever purpose he was speaking for. 
Like, if he thought, I just want to win Christians over to my side, how, more Christians, uh, as if they're not already. How could it possibly not work? He right. said absolutely nothing of substance. Substance. <laughs> yeah. substance. They love that. After he spoke, Jason uh, Raper showed up on stage to give him some award. It was actually a piece of the Ten Commandments monument that Jason Raper put outside the Arkansas State <laughs> Capitol. But the first version 1.0 They're trying was, to make their own relics in real uh-huh. time, gang. Version 1.0 of the Ten Commandments monument. A dude drove into it at full speed and destroyed it. Christian dude, drove into it at full speed and destroyed it. Rayford kept some of the bones of that thing, gave part of it as a relic to uh, Mike Johnson this week. Version 2.0, of course, is still up outside the Arkansas State Capitol and being litigated still Mm -hmm. years later. Anyway, Rapert went on stage, gave him the relic, and said, it's very obvious to see you are one of us, which is a scary thing to hear at that particular event. So creepy. So that's so creepy. That's the week in Mike Johnson, and that's just one event. He did a bunch of other crazy shit in Congress, but uh, whatever, not our beat. Oh, my student <laughs> got into her great, her dream college. Congratulations, Congrats, child. She does I've not never met. This. I would never let her. <laughs> Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Let's talk about the Mormon church. Oh, I love talking about oh, the Mormon church. Oh, this is messed up. Okay, here's the story you need to understand to make sense of what just happened. This Well, the Associated Press put out a story this week okay. that made a lot of headlines. It's important to talk about. Here's the backstory. Okay. The woman's name is Chelsea Goodrich. She's 31 years old. Uh, she was 31 years old. In 2017, when she was 31, Chelsea told an attorney for the Mormon church that her father, when she was a child, her father, who was also a Mormon bishop at the time, had sexually abused her. Uh, is a Mormon bishop an actual title of substance? Or it is, is it like elder? It's a lay person. They didn't go to like seminary or whatever. Okay. It's a lay person who has bestowed this position of leadership, okay. which means you get to do some shit on behalf of the Mormon church. Okay, thank you. You get to listen to confessions, among other things. Oh, and glad they don't do have training for that. None. So uh, Chelsea Goodrich tells this attorney that her father had sexually abused her. Mm-hmm. And in fact, she knew that he, the bishop, the dad, had confessed all that to his bishop. So she, now much older, having processed what happened to her as a child, was like, I need to talk to you because I'm filing, um, I'm going against my dad in court, and I need this bishop 
uh, his name is Michael Miller, who's the bishop who heard that confession. I want him to testify against my dad that wow. like he knew full well what he was doing and mm-hmm. why it was wrong. So speaking to the lawyer was Goodrich, Chelsea, uh, and her mother. They were all meeting with this lawyer for the church along with that bishop mm-hmm. to see if the Mormon church would allow Michael Miller to testify in that trial. Um, now, to be clear, at this point, the church was aware of what he had done. The allegations were public. Like, oh, he okay. had been charged with this. They had kicked him out of the church. Good. Um, so that is important. Not only is he not a bishop, he's kicked out of the church for good. But the family wanted justice. I don't care what your religious uh, reaction is. We want him in jail. Mm-hmm. So that meant putting him behind bars. That's why they wanted this bishop to testify. And guess how that meeting ended? Tell me. The Mormon church lawyer, who, by the way, was also the head of the church's risk management division. That's sinister. Uh-huh. <laughs> a risk management division for in the a church. church. Yes. Can you imagine? They have, that's the cubicles they are in. Oh, uh, my he told God. The family, Brigham Young would never. <laughs> LOL, JK. He basically told the family, sorry, nothing we can do here because, of course, anything revealed in confession mm. is confidential. The the church is protected by what's known as the clergy penitent privilege, which says anything you say in confession cannot be used against you. It's a secret. That's why it's confession. Among the world's worst laws. Yes. Now, her mistake, Chelsea's mistake here, was thinking the Mormon church's lawyer would be concerned about her safety. (laughs) About her? Yeah. Mm. No, his job is literally protecting the institution. We all make those mistakes, honey. They don't give a shit about you. None whatsoever. I do. I love you. (laughs) And the thing is, like, of course, the job is protecting the institution, but yeah. that may have been why her dad confessed to his crimes mm-hmm. through an act of confession. Like, as a bishop, he knew as well as anybody, they can't use this against me, and I will feel better about myself. This is the thing that I always bring up when we talk about this confession stuff, is that truly, like, the reason people go to confession is con- confessing things can be an unburdening of your mind and your heart and whatever. And so giving people who do terrible things outlets like this to be like, whew, all right, well, God forgives me, so I guess I'm fine, alleviates their guilt. So A, they can continue doing the thing they've been doing, and B, they don't think that they're doing anything wrong, these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I hate, I just, it's just, It's just so bad. It's just so bad on its face. And there is just no way for anybody ever to talk me into the idea that this kind of privilege should extend any more than mine does to my therapist or a teacher. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's infuriating. As they have to report it if it's breaking the law. As reporting if Mm -hmm. you're, yeah. So because the church would not make that bishop available (sighs) to testify, prosecutors said, we don't think we have a solid case against your dad, given the information we have, so they dropped all charges. Oh, neat. Good. Good job, Mormons. You're really fucking nailing it again. The dad did not go to jail for this crime. He did not suffer in any meaningful way because of what he did to his daughter. In fact, I learned, uh, he's currently working as a dentist in Idaho. Just dentisting. Um, now, here's the interesting Fucking tangent monster. to all this. These people, they protect the worst. That's Why does we'll nobody get see the it. pattern we'll of protecting it. the worst people for the... Okay, fine, go. So, we will get to that. The interesting thing is, after this story that she was accusing her dad of sexually abusing her, he was a Mormon bishop, that was public information because she went public with the allegations. Mm-hmm. When another woman found out about those allegations... 
she accused the same dad of drugging and sexually assaulting her, separate from everything we just talked about. Mm. And this case, in her case, as part of a plea deal to allow him to avoid charges of sex crimes, he was sentenced to 90 days in jail and three years of probation. Why? Because he used like a uh, sedative that dentists have access to Gee to knock her out. Jesus. Basically, this Christ. guy. Did he lose his license? Of course. He's practicing right now. Again, this guy admitted to a drug charge to escape the more serious sex crime charge. Is it possible for a white men to get arrested? Never. There are none. I, I'm just... I, I'm just Impossible. astounded. I'm astounded right now. The specifically includes an asterisk that I, says does not apply. Anyway. I feel like I've been inundated with stories lately of so, white men being absolute monsters and then going off scot-free after due process. Is, mm-hmm. is I, And the thing is, even if she wanted to bring the thing, like the prosecutors, they did not explain why they didn't have enough evidence or anything, but their argument is, well, it's been this long. You need a ironclad argument that you know this happened, whatever. (sighs) If it's just he says, she said, it's probably not enough. I mean, I don't know what the reason was. But the reason I bring all this up, that's your backstory. Okay. This week... God, that's not even the story? uh -uh. The Associated Press, uh, two of their amazing reporters when it comes to covering the Mormon Church, uh, Michael Resendez, Jason Deeren, they published an article this week that basically not only retold this story that happened in 2017... The reason they know all these details and some more details is because they got access to a recording no. of all the meetings the w- Chelsea had with these mor- the Mormon lawyer and that Mormon bishop. Like okay. you could get in. These were secret meetings they had to discuss how to move forward with this case. Okay. Obviously, the church didn't do what they needed to do. But they recorded all these meetings. The and church the recorded it or she recorded it? She recorded it. Wow. Now, here's what they said. One of the things they found that we did not know before okay. is that the church, who knew publicly that the Goodriches, Chelsea, her mother, he knew they were recording this for their sake. Okay. Like, I don't know if it was a two parties need to know sort of state, but they recorded it. So four months later, after he said, yeah, we he cannot testify at your dad's trial, four months later... He offered them a disturbing uh, consolation prize of sorts. He said, we will give you... uh, The Mormon church leaders have told me, I can give you $300,000 if, one, you destroy all the tapes of our meetings. Wow. Two, you promise not to sue the Mormon church. And three, you pretend this conversation right here did not happen. Is this the mafia? Yes. Are they, like, holy shit. So that was on the recording. <gasps> <laughs> That's why there's a new article about this. That was on now, the, the tape, thing. those dumb, The tapes that dumbs. they had to destroy. So how did the AP reporters get a copy of this tape that was destroyed? Because here's the thing. For the, Wait, for Chelsea, what? For Chelsea and her mother... $300,000. Oh, girl. They could not turn that away. I would not they either. They took them up on the offer. However, they made a it turns out also at that meeting with Chelsea and her mother and the lawyer and the bishop they needed to testify was one of Chelsea's close friends who was basically serving as her advocate there. He also recorded the meetings. 
And he didn't sign shit. Yes. Yes. And yes. he's yes. the guy yes. Yes. who shared the recordings with the Associated who is Press. He? Let's have a national holiday for him. Eric Alberti. Eric. Eric? Eric. Eric. He's a church member. Who Eric. Attended. Oh my God. You are so fucking brave and smart. Good for you. He Good said, for you. He said Yay. to the reporters going into this meeting with the lawyer, I felt it like it would be very clear once everything's laid out that, mm. look, this is not something we want to cover up when they said getting this guy to testify. Right. Um, and he said, this is something that we want to uncover now for a number of reasons so that the dad doesn't do it again yeah. so that she, Chelsea, can move forward. Uh-huh. You know, covering this up did not make any sense. Whoa. So that was the friend. Okay. Eric. So what are the implications of that? So th- the implications are that that conversation is just public now. Well, I'm the, excuse me. What's the fallout? Like what's sure. going to what's going to In shake a statement out to the Associated Press, the church said the abuse of a child or any other individual oh, is God. inexcusable. Oh my god, suck my dick. Uh-huh. And that John Goodrich, the dad, following his excommunication, has not been readmitted to church membership. You guys? What else could we do? We said mm-hmm. he couldn't come to our special club meeting, so right. isn't that punishment? He's hidden from the light of God, <laughs> and he can't see our fancy temples on the inside anymore. They really do think that kicking someone out of their, out of their club is the worst kind of punishment. They literally think hell is not having God's presence not there. Like, their barrier for entry is wild to me. Yeah. Sexual abuse, they say, is inexcusable, Mm. but also they will refuse to do the bare minimum to prevent sexual abuse. Of course. Now, there is an argument to be made. Who could do anything about this? There is an argument to be made that, like, okay, fine, you don't have to reveal what's said in confession because that's what confession is. I roll. But legally speaking, couldn't you just say, you know what? I'm going to break this law because it's good for everybody. Break this rule, you mean? Like, yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm going to read a section of this article. Okay. Reached by phone by the Associated Press, Miller, who's the bishop who heard the confession, uh-huh. Miller refused to discuss details. It's clergy privilege, he said. If I say anything, John Goodrich, the dad, can sue me for millions of dollars. That can't be true. That is what he said. That, that might be true because th- in Utah, confession is exempt from all those mandatory reporting laws. That so maybe he cannot be true. Maybe, that is wild. Maybe he's right about that. However, if you were the church and you were saying, well, we got to do the right thing here. Maybe you say we're the Mormon church. We we'll have back you up 30 gazillion billion dollars sitting in a giant bank vault yeah. next door. Maybe we'll take that hit. On behalf of the guy in our God. church, who like we can you. go down in our Scrooge McDuck basement yes. and just like get a bucket of gold coins for right. you, and, and you can just we're have good. them, and that's worth it because what happened to this woman is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. We just said that that our was our word. Should be to protect the young people in our church, and if these guys are going to be so fucking misogynistic, at least protect the women. Yeah. Um, Sad thing is the law, as it stands, is on the church's side in terms of making sure confessions are exempt from the law. But also the reason that law never changes, especially in Utah, is because who's lobbying to keep it in place? It's the friggin' Mormon church. Who owns Utah. And the Catholic church in other states. Like, yes, they're the ones pushing to make sure this law doesn't change. So you can say, yeah, the law required the church not to testify in that trial, but also the law is only there because the Mormon church wants it to be there. So they do have blame here. It's, it's, uh, 
a point when you wonder, you ask if the law itself is just, right? right. Like, lots of things if that John are... If John Lewis kept saying, get in good trouble, yep. the Mormon church is like, no, sorry, it's in the books. No, I, we'll, yeah. we'll have to do the what wrong could, thing. What could what anybody do? do? Yeah. What could anybody do? The same AP reporters, by the way, have been covering this particular topic of sexual abuse in the Mormon church for a while now. Last month, we talked about how one of their other articles, where they wrote about how a judge in Arizona tossed out a pretty clear-cut case of sexual abuse precisely because the judge said, sorry, the clergy confession privilege rule says I have to side with the church on this one. Like the church knows they can get away with it, which is also why bishops have access to the internal customer service line for the Mormon church. And if you say, someone just confessed to me this horrible thing, what should I do? Like an air raid signal goes off and people fucking parastorm into your windows. And who answers the phone on the other end of the line? It's lawyers for the church whose job is protecting the church. And they put duct tape around your face and and say, you'll say none of this. Page one of the manual, and there's only one page in the manual, says, oh, the book says just keep your damn mouth shut. That's how we handle these things. That's how the helpline works. It's called the helpline. Yeah. So, as the Associated Press also pointed out, 33 states offer an exemption for clergy members. Illinois? Um, you know what? Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I think Illinois has an exemption for clergy. Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, but these are laws that require professionals like teachers, like therapists mm-hmm. to report allegations of certainly child sexual abuse to law enforcement officials. And the Mormon church, like we said, and the Catholic church and Jehovah's Witnesses, the, they have all lobbied lawmakers to make sure that exemption doesn't go away. Why don't they want it to go away? Because they value secrecy more than safety. Their dogma is more important to them than Mm -hmm. another child potentially getting sexually abused. The one that the Arizona judge uh, said, I can't do anything about this because it was confessed in a confessional. That was a case in which children said, you got to stop this dude. He confessed to the crime. Like, testify. Let's get him in jail. And then they said, no, we can't do it. And then more of the children in his family were sexually abused. Mm. They're now suing the church. That's what that case is about. Good for them. But again, That's like so fucking hard. These people are so dead set on saying confessions are a sacrament, basically, that it, anything less than complete confidentiality, they will say, is an obstacle to the practice of our faith. I mean, it's oh God. It's just so so heartbreaking that these kids who are suffering any kind of abuse, whether it's sexual or physical or emotional or mental, they're not only being betrayed by their parents or whomever is, is, is perpetrating this, but they're just being failed over and over again by the adults in their life who are supposed to protect the children. Mm -hmm. Like, excuse me, I wasn't choking up. I just almost choked. If, if the point of a church isn't to keep its children safe, then what is the point? Yeah, they they don't care. Now, the Mormon church... It's, dis- uh, it's despicable. Or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints posted on Facebook uh, a much longer... On Twitter, rather. They posted a long response to the AP story this week oh, that basically reiterates their statement that I think they made to the AP 
But they said things like he has not been the dad has not been readmitted to church membership. <laughs> Guys, we don't care if uh-huh. he's a church member. Why do you think we give a shit if he can go he to your had, special house? They added only the perpetrator, the dad, could release the bishop from his obligation under the clergy penitent privilege, and he refused to do so. Dad wouldn't give us permission to tell everyone that he confessed to his crimes. It makes me want to punch somebody yeah. in a stupid face. They added the church had no role in influencing the prosecuting attorney to dismiss the criminal case, even though our bishop saying I can't testify is the reason it was dismissed. Uh, questions about the status of the criminal case should be directed over there to the local prosecutors, they said. And then they added, in 2017, oh, the God. church agreed to settle a civil claim made by the survivor. That's the $300,000 mm-hmm. gift in a briefcase with glasses. Yeah, right. And, yeah. Nothing in Exchanged the agreement. under a breakfast table in yeah. a cafe. Nothing in the agreement kept her from talking about the abuse she suffered or the facts of the case itself with anyone. So, like, again, why are you mad at us, again, says the Mormon church? you're a church. You're not supposed to say, um, we did the bare minimum to care for somebody. I'm not sure what else you expect us to do. We only have literally infinite money at our disposal. Like, that, I think... I think the thing that is like hashtag triggering me about this is how exhausted I am to just watch people who have power just throw up their hands like, what? What? (laughs) Like you have... How many bridges have you burned? How many lives have you ruined to gain power for yourself? And you're using it to what? Silence a little abused girl? Congrats, dude. I'm sure God is super proud of you. That's definitely what he had in mind. Mormon Jesus, very happy. I'm just appalled. Like, how can they look themselves in the mirror? These fucking monsters. They can't. It'll, It'll turn them to stone. That's how it works. Pretty sure I read that in the Book of Mormon. Uh, that's Medusa. No, mirror. So let's go to different stories. That's all Medusa I got. Medusa and vampires. It made sense in my head. <laughs> let's go to. Do you? Did you ever do marching band? Um, no, I didn't. I was not good enough. Okay, so I. We do have listeners who are like big marching band dorks, yeah. and I owe them a text. Actually, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, freshman year of high school, I was in marching band. It was fine. What? But get this. Wait. Don't skip over this. There's you played an instrument? Trumpet. I'm very, very... I played the trumpet, too. High five. There you go. I quit in um, eighth grade. It was fun. Uh, I liked it. And then I quit. Yeah. But in get this. In eighth grade, mm-hmm. when I was about to go to high school in a different state before my family moved, mm-hmm. I got to go to summer camp for the eventual high school band oh. I was going to be a part of, <laughs> where you learn... Where you learn how to march for the football <laughs> halftime show and do your show and everything. Panties and are dropping all over oh. the country. <laughs> Well aware. Welcome to high school for me, too. So here's the thing, though. In eighth grade, um, when I went to that summer camp, that band that I would have been a part of had I not moved, they were like an actual good high school marching band that does like competitions and wins awards and stuff. You were in... Oh, Kentucky? This was in Tennessee. Tennessee. But like, really that part good of the country band. is into marching band culture. They're into college football culture, which, yeah. and, which means they're into piece, high school yeah. football culture, which means they have great If it bands. takes place on a football <laughs> field. Yeah, we're all in. <laughs> so here's the thing. I learned how to march. I learned how to do formations. Yeah. I had the theme going. It was amazing. It's fun, It's I bet. choreographed, and everyone has their part to play. It was very cool. Anyway, 
Like every high school marching band kid who has done this before, yeah. every college marching band person, they know there's a theme to our halftime show. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something frivolous, fun, entertainment value, mm-hmm. whatever. There's always a theme. It's fun because you have that theme going yeah. all year long. Whatever. Listen, if gang, if you've never seen marching bands perform at oh. like a collegiate level, oh, go watch you, some oh, videos. You're in for a treat. Like they make a little design. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Valentine's theme, and they make a heart with people, and then a cupid, and it's an arrow, and it's, it's so. Great. It's fun, and it's so precise, and it's really, really, really cool. When it's done well, holy oh, shit, it's great. Girl, okay, those messes, though, are fun also. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, of all the ways we've talked about pushing religion in public schools, you mm-hmm. think about which ways do they do it. Yeah, sure, we have coaches coercing kids into praying with them. Mm-hmm. You have people trying to get Ten Commandments on classroom walls. We talked, I think, last week about saying Christian prayers over the intercom. Yeah, yeah, Stuff like that. That's typically what you see. Mm-hmm. I have, I don't remember seeing one like this before because at a high school in Arkansas, Ooh, boy. Uh, they just obviously ended their football season not that long ago. But apparently, this is Lake Hamilton High School in the city of Piercy. Their marching band's halftime show, guess what the theme was? Jesus. Christian Tent Revival. <laughs> I want you to Every come around here. Every word got better. Uh-huh. Come look at the picture <laughs> from the halftime show so you can describe it to all the people who have no idea how you do a Christian Tent <laughs> Revival halftime show. Wait. So we have one picture here that you will describe in a second. Oh, and, and you could see that they had places to sit on that they have choreographically moved in the shape of a giant cross. But tell us about the banners that they are holding up. I've never been more happy. (laughs) One says, sinners repent in all... Sorry, sinners beware. God damn it. Oh, that's so good. What's the other one? Uh, Repent now. Repent now. And then the other one was just the The Dick Ten Revival. Yep. Oh. Holy shit. And then there there's was actually a l- another one you could not see. Yeah. That, uh, it's hard to read, but uh, it's some, something about blasphemers. Oh, to, boy. Like, something like that. And then the bench, I guess benches? They look yeah, like they were little benches pallets. that I think they make the tubas sit on. Uh, but yeah, they were the pallets were moved around <laughs> to a 25 yard cross. Yeah, it's a pretty big it's cross. It's pretty big. The ladies are wearing long skirts and like very, what would you wear in a Honestly, barn I was not mad revival? at the dress. Let me look again. <laughs> Imagine what you think fire and brimstone preachers and the women who <laughs> listen in those churches would be wearing. Okay, so they're wearing, girls, they're wearing like, in, you know, fashion people uh they're wearing like a little peasant top so it's square neck and has little puffy sleeves and then they're um tucked real tight into a nice like a-line navy skirt and then there's like a matching little mm-hmm. little scarf kind of tied around it's a it's a v-neck it's and a v-neck no it's the a boys square neck, are also wearing vests and suit jackets which listen that's just... marching band as is is very uncomfortable with the clothing and whatever you have to carry to put a suit jacket on top of that yikes but also... Honestly, now that I think about it, what our marching band wore was highly militaristic in a way that maybe <laughs> we shouldn't encourage. Uh, so if you... Oh, the other uh, banner that I could not read in the picture, it's uh-huh. the Path to Righteousness. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the flags... There's also a color guard as part of this halftime show. Listen, and the I color do know guard, how to spin a rifle. I'll tell you that you right go. now. The color guard's flags are like colored orange, yellow, red. Very fire-ish mm-hmm, symbolic. Mm-hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
By the way, all oh, the gen- this is great. The hyper gendered clothing here. Imagine if you're a queer kid who nope. is in the band, like. You're probably going to have to pick one or the other, which I'm is probably so awkward. I'm so sorry, but that's very funny that that's your first thing. Is like, Someone listen, pointed these, this out to me, <laughs> I got to say. very gender defined, as opposed to like the threat of burning hell oh, yeah, is too. not sort of the overarching <laughs> problem here. So here's the thing. I watched the whole show <laughs> during one of their football games that's up on YouTube. Not to take away from queer kids who have to like make weird choices about yes. dressing, but guys, they're threatening you with internal <laughs> damnation. What? <laughs> so... I watched the whole halftime show, and the thing is, it's a kick-ass marching band. They're very good at what they do. I don't doubt it. They (laughs) have nothing else to do in that town. (laughs) So there was a guy on TikTok, one of many, who's like, what the hell did I just watch? (laughs) But he pointed out that the way he was introduced to this is Uh not because he was watching the football game. It's because he was watching the Bands of America Grand National Championships, which is like the Super Bowl for marching bands. Gang, he we was watching have that. tournaments for everything. Yeah. We and have he, cornhole tournaments, so, USA. So, USA. <laughs> so he's like, is this a marching band routine about a tent <laughs> revival? And this is, I want to be clear, a public school? This is very much a public oh school. Oh, boy. So... After this was brought to the attention of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, they have this week sent a letter to the school district. uh, And what the letter says, among other things, religion is a divisive force in public schools. (laughs) Choosing a religious theme and props for marching band performances alienates those non-Christian students, teachers, and members of the public whose religious beliefs are inconsistent with the message being promoted by the school. Uh, these students certainly should be commended for their hard work that led them to the semifinals uh-huh. of Bands of America Grand Nationals. But <laughs> there are plenty of appropriate secular alternatives that the band director could select that would utilize their clear work ethic and talent more appropriately. Oh, my God. Um, I spoke to Cat uh, Grant, who is an Equal Justice Works fellow with FFRF, and they told me, this is not the only religious-themed marching program they've seen. Of course and it's, it isn't. And it's not... What the, an untapped market Not for me. even the only one titled Revival. <laughs> <laughs> Which surprised me. I had not known this is a new way they're getting religion oh, into public every schools. every episode was just these stories. This is so <laughs> much better than me getting mad. <laughs> one thing I, I did check out... Uh, again... Fire flag. So again, the high school band I was a part of, oh. we did not do Grand Nationals or anything oh. like that. But if you go to the competition's website, mm-hmm. it turns out like there's a nonprofit group that oversees this competition. Mm. Guess what that nonprofit group is called? Oh boy. Music for all. <laughs> Which just seems very ironic given this particular Swing and a miss. Who thought, you know what we should do for a theme? No, everyone else is doing Star Wars and like <laughs> the Game of Thrones theme. Let's do fundamentalism. Oh, boy. Whose idea was that? If I, oh, if you had to choreograph a marching band, what would you do? My answer is... I would make them do Tetris. <laughs> I have, Isn't that fun? I have seen that You're show. lying. I oh, thought that was just no. original. Go God Google Marching Band There's nothing new under Tetris. the sun, is there? They beat you to it. Damn it. So good. Well, then you say one. What would yours be? Uh, never thought about it. Don't know. God, Let's you're do, so good we, at improv. It's I impressive. Know. I do like the entertainment themes. Like, pick, pick something funny. Do 
do video games, whatever. Something everyone mm-hmm. knows because the point of a halftime show is just entertain the audience. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Let the tubas do their little <gasps> I, dance oh, and I would like, do, like, we'll move on. an ocean thing because oh, yeah. they can do like fun with like the waves. That's what I would yes, do. Yes, with the big instruments, let's make them move more. Marching is hard enough as is. I didn't mean like up and down. I meant you're looking at, it's like you're looking at a cutout of a, you're looking at a fish tank. That's the field. So they're just, when they move right to left, they're going up and down. God, have some vision. I mean, at this point, you could do a Satanism theme. I mean, truly, if we're going to bait, (laughs) if we want to try to bait some like anti-ACLU plays, we can just do that and see how that goes. That would be pretty fun, actually. Right, I'll do another fun one for All you. All right. Yay. Let's keep this train do you, rolling. Do you remember Kirk Cameron? Oh, bless him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, back to Imagining those baby blues right now, yeah. my dude. Anytime conservative Christians say, you know, the secular thing that's popular, we have an alternative to it. <laughs> and it's worse. It's always worse. <laughs> it is Whether noticeably it's worse. Boy bands, movie. They have boy bands. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course movies. They do. Movies. movies. You can always tell a Christian movie. Uh huh. Theme parks, Ark Encounter, so compared bad. to Disney World, which is what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always worse than the original. They oh. can't compete. And how could they? Christian because rock, they're not great. Their mission is we got to stick Jesus in all these places where you don't need. Jesus. I will say the only uh, church thing that the thing that's better with God than without rapping. Mm. I want my. <laughs> I just you like your I rap love music. rapping for Christ. You know, mm. that's it's, just sort of my jam. Okay, go say, ahead. Tell I've me. heard way too much Christian rap. Why? Why did you pick this life for yourself? I, I ask myself that every day. You could have been a doctor. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yep. Okay, so Kirk Cameron, how is he entering this fray? Because he's already done bad Christian movies. He's already done bad yeah. Christian everything. He's uh, done TV, right? He's done bad Christian oh, TV. Bad he's Christian done TV. bad secular TV. He's done, oh, he's but, done fine secular TV. <laughs> Has he done bad reality TV? Oh, don't tempt him. Oh, so I'll keep that his one latest, under my hat. His latest gambit mm. is to offer a right-wing Christian-ish alternative to Podcast s- Network. To oh. Scholastic Book Fairs. That's so funny. This just came up. Scholastic Book Fairs just came up recently. Are those still a thing? Those are very much oh, still God a thing. Oh, God bless. I fucking Tell love us what Scholastic a Scholastic Book, Book Fair, Fair is, is for people who don't live anywhere in the United States. Because yeah, is it, is it a national thing? It is yeah, it must pretty be much if, a national if thing. If he's getting his grubby hands on they it. They hold 100, Scholastic holds up more than 120,000 book fairs every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with over a thousand books to choose from on a rotating basis. So what I need people to understand is that Scholastic Fair is not just a day. It's like a month. <laughs> because you get like the chintziest little pamphlet with yes. all so it's a, a place that comes in for I think two days, um, and they set up a classroom with like a shit ton of books. Yep. Just like a We will bring all the books to your school. Mm-hmm. We'll send someone there to collect all the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the books your kids love. So, yeah. And so we got these, like, it was, like, kind of newspapery. And, God, my friends and I would, like, mark those things up like you would not believe. And then you go in and you get to... And you tell your parents, Daddy, I want this I, book. Mm-hmm, Mommy, I want this I need this, this many dollars. Money. And it is... You're at an age where it's kind of your, one of your first financial transactions, you know, like, right? <laughs> yeah, like sure. it, the first time you're in a quote unquote store by yourself and you have your $10. And mm-hmm. I told mom I was going to get Berenstein Bears, but ooh, maybe I'm going to get <laughs> Animorphs instead. Those are wildly different. Actually, yes. that was a weird comparison yes. I made. But I 
love that's like genuinely i'm getting such a nostalgia and flashback for it. every it's, nostalgia subreddit full, oh, of, full of book full of so the point is scholastic stuff. sets all this up and sure they get to hawk all of their books mm-hmm. and they're like the king of children's books right they also have some others but also they get to i mean everyone it's kind of a win-win for everybody because they get to sell their books across get their kids introduced to all these books oh it's the best they get all these new eyeballs 50% up to 50% of the proceeds goes back to the school. Mm-hmm. So the school's like, yeah, come on in, sell books, give us some of the money. That yeah. sounds great. I don't think it's been like proved to be nefarious or anything. It's not. It's which fine. Is I mean, it's wonderful. pretty it's a straightforward a transaction. Thing remains wholesome. Yeah. Thank fucking It's totally fine. Christ. It was wholesome until all those right-wing conservative groups said like books books are bad for kids yeah. because they include characters who they, are not Jesus. They do. The learning. They do and learning. We hate that. Yes, this one has a character who is gay and that's going to make my child trans. Mm-hmm. I don't know their logic. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. But well, they're correct because they involve uh, mm-hmm. LGBTQ characters, and by they I mean like books involve <laughs> like LGBTQ characters yeah. or plots that mm-hmm. involve racism or mm-hmm. age appropriate discussions about sex or mm-hmm. questions you might have about stuff. Conservative groups don't want any books available to any kids, right. and they'll go out of their way to make that happen. That is happening now. Hmm. So Kirk Cameron, who says Scholastic, uh, is they are controllers in part of the woke matrix. That's a dr- <laughs> that's a direct quote from him. That is wait, did you say did you say scholastic con- controllers? They are controllers in part of the woke matrix. I don't know what that means. I mean, those are the definitely buzz. I've not heard matrix being hmm. used. That genuinely is a concerning thing to <laughs> to hear because that starts to feel out of touch with reality in a well, way. Well, and a step beyond a Christian fundamentalist. Let's keep a close eye on so, our friend Kirk. So he's pushing... He's not well. He's pushing a different group saying, schools, don't do scholastic book fairs. Why don't you do Sky Tree book fairs? Sky Tree. What does that mean? It's just a different company. And if you look Is them up... Is that a biblical reference? No. They're like, we're also a bookseller. Okay. And we also have lots of books available for kids. Does Scholastic sell any books that talk or discuss about religion or Christianity? Um, or is there... I don't I, I don't know much about the company. Like is there an overarching policy, I wonder? No, it's it's what's popular, what we think will okay. sell. I mean it's a company. And there hasn't so, been a controversy of they refuse to sell to carry something. Okay. Not that I know so of. he's going after Scholastic for no specific reason. Because they're the king of the hill. And he's okay. going after them because he's like, This is okay. they're selling books with characters yeah. or concepts that okay. we think are immoral. I just wanted to get context of like yep. if he was baited into something or well, if he well. oh boy. So oh the boy. thing is <laughs> Skytree happens to... God, what a dumb We talked about Brave Books, which Mm, is the mm -hmm. company that puts out Kirk Cameron's fake children's book that he didn't write, but he just sticks his name on. Well, Brave Books has like its uh, creative uh, expanded Marvel universe. (laughs) And so in their universe of Freedom Island, Skytree is a place in that cinematic universe of Skytree Books. So these two companies, Skytree Books... It's a thing you just made up. No. No. What? Freedom Island is the imaginary universe where all of the Brave Books books take place. And by Brave Books, I mean they publish Kirk Cameron's book that's written by like a ghostwriter, but it puts his name on it. Yeah, gotcha, As well as books by 
Dan Crenshaw, the Republican congressman, Dana Lash, the NRA spokeswoman, Dinesh D'Souza, Kevin Sorbo, all the Mm. right-wing crazy activist types with the foot in Hollywood-ish. All them... I'll complain about not having a platform while I yes. constantly have to watch their stupid face everywhere yes. I see. Go. Yeah. That's Brave Books. Skytree is named after a place in Brave Books. I and see. And those two companies are linked. Basically, Skytree Books oh is a company that exists to sell Brave Books, which is a conservative media outlet. The Ouroboros so, continues. Yes. So that's why Kirk Cameron wants schools to replace Scholastic with this, which is like saying you don't need a Walmart in your town. I got like a very tiny bodega right here with three <laughs> items inside, and it's the same thing. Just take it. That's such a good comparison. So, That's exactly what it's <laughs> like. Like, oh, I have this little cart. Like, I have a fruit cart. Like, right. So we're I'm good, sure right? I'm sure there's some nice shit on the fruit cart, and but the- also I could get fruit there as well. Yeah. And so Skytree is now celebrating that last Saturday they had their first book fair in a public high school in Virginia. Um, And this is a school board where they have removed books when, you know, conservative moms complained about it. Kirk Cameron was there for the book fair. And the thing is, if it was just one book fair replaced, like no one would care. But the goal here is obviously uh, world domination. World domination. Yeah. The books offered by Kirk Cameron's group here, and he's on their advisory board. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear about these guys. It's all, quote-unquote, traditional themes with stock characters. Like, they never discuss any aspects of humanity that you know they don't understand. <laughs> like, And the thing is, I've seen some of their books, too. I've read some of their books. Yeah. They're children's books, yeah, because they have animal, yeah. anthropomorphized animals and, like, simple language. Well, but they're not creative. They're not memorable. Mm-hmm. They just think if you write a regular story with a couple of animal characters, that's all you need to do. Do they at least and rhyme? Not, or? No, they're just <sighs> shittily written books. What's the point? Like, they're not memorable. Your kid could read that book and would think nothing of it. But they will not remember that book. I mean, yeah, so much of what kids consume is just like in one ear out the other. So It is content for the sake of content. There's nothing about those books anyone cares about. Oh, my God. Content for the sake of content is a... uh, uh, Is the name of our podcast. I'm... First of all, how dare you? <laughs> I prepped for like five minutes before this podcast by opening a bottle of wine for you. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, Skytree Books, another problem with them. They <laughs> will not... Another, We're not done with them? They will not tell you what books they are making available at their fairs. So you just like have to go in blind? Like that little flyer you mentioned, the, the most newspaper. most important part? Yeah. They don't put that out there because I think if you saw what books they were promoting or who it's by, everyone would be like, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't... So they just don't do it. Sky, according to an article about this, Skytree Book Fair coordinator, whoever, whoever, provided a short list that included, quote, brave books. <laughs> and they included... And is that all they brought? Well, they like, included do they have a couple... licensing cup- rights to I don't anything? Know. They included a couple other books that they have nothing to do with, like Daniel Tiger books, which are popular with kids. Okay. And like some okay. other ones. There, she, this is from the article. She also mentioned, quote, Star Wars... Though it was unclear what book she was referring to in the sprawling universe owned by Disney. You know, the, the Star Wars book, Emmett. You know, <laughs> the, the yeah. Star Wars book. It's my favorite book. We read it every also, Christmas. Also from an article, Brave spokesperson Aaron Kierkowski confirmed that Skytree <laughs> carries its books along with over 20 other publishers, but That's, did not provide the names of those companies upon request. It does not request. feel like enough publishers, if yeah. I'm being honest. I don't know. Like, 
Well, they probably don't want to release a list because their game plan will become too obvious. Like, are there religious books in the mix? Yeah, probably. Oh, What's the ratio boy. of like explicitly conservative books to ones without an explicit political or cultural agenda? Truly. Well, we don't have to tell you that. Oh my lord! Um, what they will say is, we will not carry anything published by Scholastic. Which so <laughs> take that Scholastic, take that. the, mo- like they the said, biggest fucking publishing they company. Said, in the world. We will not carry anything. Uh, what we carry, uh, we won't carry anything that's not age appropriate or uses sex- sexually explicit language or images or causes gender confusion or that's racially divisive. Which is a weird way of saying, like, no gay characters. We will not mention anyone's skin color. Cough, cough. (laughs) Like, we're that's all. No, that's divisive. If you bring that up. Oh my god. Um, and age appropriate again. What's age appropriate in their minds? Purity until marriage. So what? Sort of I mean, you are say, you there, God? It's me, Margaret. No, that's for the heathens. You say age appropriate, but you're also telling children that they're damned to hell and they're born sinners. As so I learned when I, I watched a marching band halftime. I, so. <laughs> they had fire flags, like the, <laughs> like the they're like the fires of hell. It's so good. Yeah. I love them. So God I'm not worried them. that Skytree will replace Scholastic. They have nothing of value to offer. Mm. But you can bet some of these school districts with right-wing school boards who are gullible enough to believe children are under threat because yeah. they have exposure to books will accept this offer to come to their school. Skytree said in a statement, we have over 100 schools lined up to host book fairs this spring. Which is more than one, a mm. uh, lot less than what was it, one hundred twenty thousand? Yeah, but they're they got to start but somewhere. Zero. But it's not zero. Um, as one librarian put it on Twitter, uh, Skytree Book Fairs and Brave Books seem to be targeting the parents, not the children. Yeah, which is true. Like the books might sell, but the kids won't be excited to read them, and doesn't that negate the whole point of book fairs? So that's interesting. But they don't care about book fairs, uh, right? They, do. they don't care about you think like they want kids to read. No, they don't Hell care about no. educating these children. They care about homogenizing like what is available to human and beings. And making sure kids read only what they have pre-selected for them. It's hmm. it's so absurd. So it's, here's one more addition. And, and so pointless. Like it's so like shoveling during a blizzard. Like, gotta <laughs> give up the fight, dude. There's other people than white people around here. Yeah. Like that's one, not changing. One other side piece to this. There's a wonderful substack called Popular Information written by Judd Legum, a uh, really great reporter. They actually wrote about Skytree as well this week, mm. but they had a different uh, thing to focus on, which is that in the Conroe Independent School District in Texas, there was a clip. It was actually published by Skytree Books on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they said, I'm reading the tweet. We keep hearing kids are old enough to choose books responsibly, but this clip from a school board meeting in Texas proves otherwise. Find out how one innocent kiss in a scholastic book led this young lady to porn addiction. <laughs> and they have a one-minute clip of a woman talking about... Can we, I, we can't. I don't have that here. But basically all she said is she read a book when she was a kid. It had this... I saw the book. It's it's like a prince kissing a prince. It's nothing. It's a kiss. Which happened she said Disney that, movie. That made it? me curious, and then I began searching for that stuff, and that led me down this path to porn addiction or something. What does porn addiction mean? 
it, in to her, her mind, I don't know. But here's the reason I bring that up. Her name, the woman that spoke, is Lana Burkhart. And the reason she was mentioned in this article in Popular Information, because one, she said that book that she read, it's called, it's called Drama. She said she wants that out of kids' hands. She wants the district to remove that book from the shelves. Oh, and by the way, remove all scholastic books from their libraries. <laughs> okay, baby, baby and, meat bathwater. And end the book fair that you have with Scholastic. What she didn't mention and what Skytree didn't mention when they posted that clip of her speaking and what popular information did mention is that Burkhart's rant, uh, Burkhart, the woman who delivered that rant, is the public relations coordinator for Brave Books. She works for the company. My God. And Skytree's like, this young lady had a thing, and you should all watch what this young lady... Like, she's a random woman who mm-hmm. just happens to I promote their entire so mission. I am so embarrassed for her that my skeleton has just departed from my body, and it is currently waiting for me mm-hmm. on the moon for when this episode is over. Oh, by the I way. I am so embarrassed for her. I Oh, my God. I'm cringing. Oy. Wait, wait. I got it one more. It hurts my whole body. I got one more no, for don't you. don't tell me. Popular information also found she was homeschooled. Why would she have access to a scholastic book fair? Girl. And she, assigned, <laughs> she gave her real name. Apparently. She gave her name. So it worked, though. Her little rant and the promotion by Kirk Cameron's group here worked because the Conroe what kind School of Board... golden-throated leader is talking poor women into being like, yeah, I was totally addicted to porn because I read a book and there's a smooch and that's it. And now I'm addicted to porn. Hi, I'm Jess. It's me. <laughs> Here's my address. Porn addiction at Jess.Drive. Like, to what... Well, here, I'll tell you to what end. These people, these grifters. The Conroe School Board heard her little rant, and they voted to restrict that book called Drama from all students in eighth grade and younger. And one of the school board members, uh, Melissa Dungan, she suggested, hey, you guys, why don't we replace Scholastic with Skytree Book Fairs? And what did Burkhart say to that in response? All glory to God. So it worked. Her little rant, the the astroturfed rant, it worked. It's so embarrassing. It's so... Okay, I just want to... Can we just take a step back to where we were a couple minutes ago with the Mormon church? Yes. So the people in charge of the Mormon church are like, yeah, sometimes kids get molested, but what are we going to do about it? And then these people are like, "Um, if children think about a gay person it's gonna ruin their entire life and their peepee is gonna fall off yes like this weird like As what Jesus do you think foretold. kids can handle or not so you think a kid can probably break through being molested by they, their father they have but such they're really little gonna faith. hit a stumbling block on a ya novel yeah they have such little faith in their kids and their kids abilities well, and their and own their teaching and their own ability to instill like a moral backbone into their kids Mm-hmm. Like I feel uh, That's Jesus, them for you Fucking people I was having so much fun a couple of minutes ago Remember I'll, I'll give you a fun name to work with for oh, the next great. one Oh great thank you so much You're welcome mm-hmm. This next story involves an Oklahoma man His oh. name His name Dusty Devers Now that Is an 
outstanding story cowboy just for you. name. Yes. So he Dusty is, Devers. Uh, Woo. He is running for I'd read state. that romance novel, I'll tell you what. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, as, he's a monster, as, isn't as he? As a friend pointed out, should have had a B in his name over <laughs> and over. That's the porn name you want. Anyway, there it is. he's running for a vacant Oklahoma state Senate seat. He is the Republican nominee in this very safe red district. Mm-hmm. And one of the things worth pointing out is, okay, so this guy's about to be in the state legislature. It's mm-hmm. all but guaranteed, it seemed. Um, it seems. The election, special election, is on Tuesday. So it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Last year, he delivered a sermon where he railed against... Oh, ooh, 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 um, 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 girls wearing pants. Close. Yeah? No. Uh, oh. In vitro fertilization. And Again, I'm going to play... with the in vitro fertilization. I'm going to play this clip for you because the language he uses is wild, okay? okay? Part of which is anyone who gets IVF done because you have infertility. By the way... In vitro fertilization basically is the procedure where a sperm and the egg are joined outside the body mm-hmm. in like a Petri dish, laboratory mm-hmm. dish. And it helps couples who are infertile, struggling with other health problems. And that's all well and good. The problem for it's the like anti- from friends. Yeah. The problem for the anti-abortion crowd is that in the process, the embryos that are not implanted inside a uterus later may be discarded. They may be placed in a freezer and they think that's murder. Uh huh. So this is what he's railing against. Uh, let's play the clip, and you could hear for yourself how he talks about all this. Today, okay. I want to ask and answer the question: What must you and I do to love I, our IVF embryonic neighbors as ourselves? Oh boy! Oh My boy! Aim today is with our Creator's help. Wait for graciously it. Graciously, to bring before your conscience the harsh realities of IVF, so you will respond by faith, in faith, by loving your embryonic neighbor. Embryonic neighbor. We're still why going. Does matter to you? Well, we've heard why it should oh, matter. Oh, let's hear about our neighbors. Millions of our e- no. embryonic neighbors no. unnecessarily are being led to slaughter every year by IVF and assisted reproductive technologies. Wait and for it. countless others are cryo-incarcerated in frozen prisons. Oh, my God. We are creating cryo-orphans for the sake of biological offspring. Cryo-orphans. Our oh, my to bear children with our Christ. own DNA must not lead us to treat our embryos in a way that God forbids. My skeleton is on is Mars. Is longing to bear children in your own image leading you <gasps> to flirt with means of procreation that fail to uphold the sacredness of human life, that would lead these embryos or your children to death or a freezer or deliver them up to destructive experimentation in the name of science. Here's the worst part. Uh, What? If discontentment is driving you to accept the destruction or freezing of your own embryonic children, you are waging an assault against God, your creator. And you're doing it through his image bearers. Wait. Is he not better than 10,000 children who look like you and carry your DNA? That's not from the Bible. Yes. All right. So let what me recap for you there. to me? Uh-huh. January of 2022 was that sermon. I feel like I'm sermon. disassociating from yeah. my body right now. I'll recap this for you. This man... Just tried to call 
embryos. Say it again. Embryonic well, orphans. They are our embryonic neighbors. They are being slaughtered. Um, Led others, to slaughter. They are cryo-incarcerated, though that's not the word he used because he doesn't know the big word, uh, in frozen prisons, cryo-incarcerated, and we are creating cryo-orphans. Do you think they use a... <laughs> do you think they use a, a Judas cryo-embryo? Do you know what that is? A Judas goat? They lead the other goats to slaughter? That's what I'm imagining. I will continue. It's a little embryo that like leads all the other embryos to slaughter and then comes back and gets rewarded and then brings the next round. That's a real thing, by the way, in goats. Anyway. Sounds like a horror movie. It's true. So, goats are monsters. I love them. Nice. Uh, and he also says, anyone who has IVF mm -hmm. uh, is waging an assault against God. And, and you're doing it through... What does this mean? His image bearers, which is like, children? you wanted children who look like you and your partner. So that's why you had IVF instead of adopting or anything like that. So not only are you like sticking a middle finger in God's face, you're doing it through kids who look like you. And what's more important, is it better? Isn't God better than having 10,000 children who look like you and carry your DNA? Why do you want those kids? By the way, how many IVF babies does he think people have? Yeah, first but, of all, that's wild. Second of all, uh, what... Uh, there have to. He has to be speaking to somebody statistically who has used IVF or was born via IVF, right? Like, oh, I mean, this is just so, a straight up sermon in church. No, too, no, I understand, wild. but like, uh, certainly, like, certainly, there is somebody who, in the people in the reach of his yeah. voice, had to have used it, have used it, we or have been born ago. by it, and mm -hmm. like, how could you possibly reconcile that in your brain? Because they don't care. Like um, you're gonna. We talked a few weeks ago about a cat, a, a woman who tried to rent space in a Catholic church, and then they Googled her and found out. Oh wait, she supports IVF, yeah, and the Catholic Church I does forgot, not. Yeah. And she didn't know that, but now she's making a big stink about it, as she should. Yep. But that's the thing. Like these people, they only ever care about imaginary beings that are not born yet. It's so. <laughs> what, what's the like the um? This is a phrase. I'm, the unborn don't have any needs the unborn are a really easy population to go to bat for because sure. they don't ask for anything they don't cost anything mm -hmm. you don't have to build infrastructure for them they can just be these little precious angels that were uh, the big bag of atheists are murdering. all in your mind which by the way in christianity if those babies are aborted or die they go straight to heaven so explain to me why that's worse so you're saying we should burn up all petri dishes in the name of Christ. I mean, sure. I don't give a shit at this point. Like, if they're they're medical waste. But to your point, there are definitely conservative Christians who have used IVF. Ha it happens all the been. time. Have to have been. So the thing is, all of this is especially relevant at a time when Oklahoma bans all abortion from the mm. moment of fertilization. That's the law in Oklahoma, with the one exception being when the mother's life is in danger, which and means... And who gets to make that who call? Who gets to make that call? How far along the death spectrum does she need to be before they step in? Yeah, as if death is now, just like a binary and not like a process. The state's Republicans who are in charge there, they say the bans on abortion do not apply to IVF procedures. Why? Why? Logic what makes is it not their strong suit. What makes it different? But... This guy is about to join that legislature. And if he raises a fuss that we need to make the abortion ban even more extreme, then what's stopping them 
from going even further. There's, There's nothing stopping nothing them. In There's Oklahoma. nothing stopping them. Um, what if a Jehovah's pl- Witness takes over some state and they ban they ban blood transfusions? Like we can't just let people's weird specific whims dictate law. It's mm-hmm. insanity. Yep. He's about to join the legislature, and some of you don't want to vote because you're not excited about Joe Biden. I swear to fucking God, you guys. Uh-huh. I, I, I will not hear it. I will not hear it this election cycle. I am exhausted, and it hasn't even started. I will not hear anti-democratic bullshit from people on the left. I'm too fucking tired and too fucking scared. Go ahead. So according to, I assume... Dusty Devers and his people. The only oh, yeah, acceptable. I forgot he had that dope name. I know, what it was a waste. Fun for three seconds. Yeah. The only acceptable pregnancies have to occur between a man and a woman who are not related, maybe within the context of marriage and the, you know the the age it's of just, marriage. I don't know what it is in Oklahoma. May not I'm be eighteen. Sure they're not too concerned. And about you that. can only conceive in the missionary position. That's the law. That's how it works. It's just. It, it it feels like the kind, when they do things like this, it feels like the kind of person who has a, like, has a specious argument and that get, gets backed into a logical corner and is like, no, fuck you. No, I'm going all in. Yeah, I, uh-huh. yeah, yep, yep. IVF embryos are also children. What's I, up now? I looked at his campaign website. I this is obvious, but he's fully opposed to gun safety measures, vaccine mandates, environmental concerns, basically all the ways that would make sure actual humans have a healthy, happy life. He opposes all of that. Do you want to hear something real gross? Mm. Uh, I was driving down 88 today and I saw a big black uh, pickup truck with a uh, bumper sticker that had a bullet. I assume it's like an AK bullet. Mm-hmm. And it said on top, I promise just the tip. Oh, so anyway, gun control now? Mm. <laughs> that uh, guy probably has an AK-47. Lovely. Neat. Uh, right Wing Watch also found a clip of Dusty Devers speaking. And he's threatening everybody on the highway. Why does nobody take that seriously? <laughs> you can't just blanket threaten everybody. Devers, Go ahead, I'm done. Devers said in a recent appearance on some interview show as a candidate, he said, <clears throat> quote, I want to see pornography abolished. I want to see no-fault divorce come back to at-fault in divorce, meaning it would be harder to get divorced. And even public shaming for those who are at-fault in divorce. What? I want to see abortion abolished. I'm so sorry. I yelled right into the mic. Public shaming for the for faulty and divorce. Because so if as a guy you know, cheats, he wants him to put a fucking sandwich board like yes. Bruce Willis. Yeah, and as everyone who's been divorced knows, it's only ever one ever person's ever one person's fault. Always. I've never heard of two people being wrong or just not right for each other. Mm-hmm. It's God, could you imagine anything so horrible? There's always he, a good guy and a bad guy. And then he added he doesn't believe in separation of church and state because well, Christ is the ruler of all the kings of the earth. You didn't have to tell me how uh-huh, I And knew therefore, that. civil government must always operate under the presupposition that Christ is Lord. That guy's going to be in the Oklahoma legislature after Tuesday or whenever he's sworn in on a stack of Bibles. I hate this. Yeah. Good times. I hate this place. One last story for you. I figured <laughs> I will end on a happy note. This is <laughs> the question mark in your voice <laughs> leaves me to be very <laughs> suspicious. No, this is this is a. I was surprised by the story. It was a good surprise. Uh, there is an all women's Catholic school in Indiana. 
uh, St. Mary's oh, College. Wow, that must be the only St. Mary's College only in the United in States existence. or Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> but they're actually facing a lot of backlash right now because mm. they said beginning in the fall of 2024, mm-hmm. they will begin accepting trans women. Hey, that's great news. Right? So oh, my God. Apparently, back in June, this school, whose mission, by the way, is to, quote, empower women yeah. through education at all stages in life, they said we're updating our non-discrimination policy so that admission would be considered for anyone, quote, whose sex is female or who consistently live and identify as women, which it says oh, trans women I can sure come. love this a whole lot. Yeah, so that part, at first I'm like, wait, that seems unusual for the Catholic anything. Um, I was wrong. Like, that was actually not shocking. Private Catholic schools, this is what I found out, routinely open their doors. Uh, I should say, this is not surprising. Private Catholic schools routinely open their doors to students who are not Catholic and people who oppose Catholic doctrine and who don't fit the church's idea of a true Catholic. I got my grad school degree from a Catholic institution because none of it mattered because I just got my, I took my classes and then I left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not weird. Um, But that's how Catholic institutions, colleges especially, that's usually how they work in practice. Like there's a divide between what they do Mm -hmm. and like the church hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of necessary because if the church said you can't come to mass or do the rituals if you don't agree with us on abortion or gay people or trans people, whatever, then those churches would be much emptier than they already are. Yep. Uh, The Catholic colleges and, and universities and stuff, they don't, require you to abide by it. Their thinking is, well, we have certain principles we, as a foundation yep. based on our faith, but after that, we function as a regular college pretty much. <laughs> it's not like you have to go to mass right. or something. Um, so, and as I've said many times here before, many practicing Catholics who mm-hmm. call themselves Catholics in the U.S., they are far more tolerant than the Pope or the Vatican. Mm-hmm. 61% of U.S. Catholics support marriage equality. The church says you can't. Uh, 76% of them believe society should be accepting of homosexuality, um, even though the church says homosexual acts Uh are intrinsically disordered. When it comes to trans people, the church says they don't exist. Uh Uh, The Vatican says trans identities seek to annihilate the concept of nature. But 37% of U.S. Catholics do acknowledge the existence of trans people, Mm -hmm. which is low, but that is in line with America as a whole. But it's also 37% higher than what the Vatican wants, right? (laughs) So the point is, for this college to admit trans women, it's not that radical for a a Catholic institution because Catholic institutions do this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And this is what I found out. According to the website Campus Pride, there are 22 historically women's colleges that do admit trans women, and that includes all women's Catholic schools, like in Minnesota, the College of St. Benedict and St. Catherine University, and in Wisconsin, Mount Mary University. Three other Catholic women's schools that already admit trans women. And they don't lose their Catholic certification or whatever, or is this what we're getting to? We're getting to it, but (laughs) the truth is, they function pretty much independently. They are not run... Yes, of course, because like the 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 diocese covers churches, and I guess I. But not necessarily like the colleges, which function separately. College Catholic. They can say we're a Catholic school, or we're under this order, or whatever. Don't have to be. But the Vatican doesn't control us. Huh. That's why the professors might they might have to sign some statement of faith or saying like, yeah, I accept 
whatever. That this place does. Yeah, uh-huh. that this place does. This. It's not. Li- it's not liberty. Like you don't have to abide by every. Yeah, doc- there's not like a social code <laughs> that like women can't wear pants yeah. or whatever. But the um. Katie trousers. Katie Conboy. Katie Conboy is the president of St. Mary's College, and she said that you know they put together a task force mm. that considers how are we going to handle this when it comes to housing ed- considerations, mm. community education. They're going to figure this out. But she said, I relied on an executive team and others to make sure our message is not only in line for best practices for college students, but that it encompasses our commitment to operate as a Catholic women's college. Mm. And she said, the school's 33 board member, board of trustees, fully supports the change. Nice. They're the ones who approved it. And then, just to kick everyone while they're down, she's uh. like, I'm just doing what Pope Francis wants because her letter to students said, the Pope advocates for love as the appropriate approach to those who are different from ourselves. Which is... Uh, wow. For what it's worth. Woo! the the Pope said earlier this year that gender ideology, this is a direct quote, ideology. gender ideology that has to be a translation is problem. one of the most dangerous ideological colonizations. I think it's the guy drowning around my neighborhood with a fucking AK on his back hood mm. or whatever they put them. But then in October, the Pope also said trans people in certain situations could be baptized. They could be godparents. They could serve as witnesses for Catholic weddings, which... Oh. Not exactly an ally. He's not really affirming, but that is a far cry from saying trans people don't even exist, Again, which is the rule book. It's not zero. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, so the school doesn't think they're being hypocritical because the Pope has repeatedly differentiated between caring for people who are LGBTQ, mm-hmm. like, remember, who am I to judge, mm. and affirming who they are, which he does not do. But if you're running a Catholic college, then those two allowing, things look the same. Then allowing people who are trans or who identify as trans into your community, mm. you're not actually breaking any Catholic rules. You know what I mean? Now, if you said, for example, yeah, we have an LGBTQ group on campus. Mm. A lot of Catholic schools across the country have that because being gay, not a problem. But that's a far cry from saying, yeah, we support same-sex marriage. They right. can't do that. Yeah. They won't say really? we're okay with gay sex. They won't say that. They won't? They won't. The Catholic schools will not do it. Hmm. But like having gay people on but campus, where's the not line? a problem. Like what's the line between I, we can accept trans girls to, well, They're but not, not really saying we're accepting trans. We're saying if you say you're trans, all right, we'll take you into our school. Like- we're not saying no to you because you identify as trans. That's actually different from saying if you, we affirm that you are trans. And notice the language here. Wow, that's slippery language. It is, but technically, but, what rule are they violating of the church? But so if I interview for that college and I say I'm a lesbian. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But you said they can't now, allow say, gay merit or gay sex or whatever you if said. If you want to work for them... And you say you're a lesbian, fine. But if you say, oh, I'm in a same-sex relationship or marriage, then they're like, well, now you violated our doctor. That's for staff. But for students, students. it's probably more lenient. Like, that's the thing. That's why a lot of these Catholic schools... No, uh, here's, I wouldn't. Here's I another. Know. Here's another example for you. Okay. Um, they actually have no surprise. They have an anti-abortion group what? as a registered student group on what campus. What a good use of time. Well, a few years ago, there were groups, and by the way, I should say uh, St. Mary's. They also have an LGBTQ center mm. on campus because again, a center. Yeah, because wow. again, it's not weird to say, yeah, gay people need a safe space. That's wild. Trans people need a safe space. 
Um, but when a pro-choice group said we want to form on campus, no. multiple times that same school said, "Yeah, no, you can't do it." Is it because the bi- the church the is Catholic specific? church is anti-abortion? Now the kids, the students, but I should say, anti- the students who said. We're not actually doing anything that the church opposes because we're not saying you should have abortions. We are saying there are lies being spread about abortion and we want to correct like the right wing misinformation (laughs) and stuff like that, which, yeah, that's fair. Um, But the school said no. So Hmm. here's the question. Why did they say no to the pro-choice group that was there to just spread correct information as opposed to advocate on campus mm, more or less mm-hmm. and this is still why did Saint they Mary's, say right? no at saint mary's a couple years ago okay but now they're doing this does New that mean Dean? does that mean they have shifted like their beliefs have they gotten more liberal or it's a lot of the same people are on campus so mm-hmm. that's interesting to note um now as far as their relationship with the catholic church uh kevin rhodes who is the bishop who runs the diocese of fort wayne and south bend He is absolutely furious about this change. And he said, it is disappointing that I, as bishop of the diocese in which this college is located, was not included or consulted on a matter of important Catholic teaching. I urge the Board of Trustees to correct its admissions policy in fidelity to the Catholic identity and mission it is charged to protect and to reject yada, yada, yada ideologies. Listen, as somebody who grew up in the greater Chicago area, I would not go against 32 angry Catholic women. Not in a <laughs> million years. Now, for what it's worth, uh, the school's leaders said this week we are going to have a meeting with him to discuss how we came to our decision here, but mm. they didn't say we're going to reverse course. But, we'll inform you, not ask for your permission, that yes. kind of thing. But according to one Catholic publication, there are things he could do if he wants to retaliate. And they include, after a formal warning, he could prohibit the university from identifying as Catholics. Okay, 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 all right. He could prohibit, like, allowing them to do sacraments on campus or any public celebrations of mass at the university. Like, he could say, well, all the things that make you technically Catholic mm. that we have control over, we're going to revoke your right to do that. And at that point, you have to wonder, from his perspective, will anyone at the school give a shit? That's <laughs> about what I was just about to say. Like, how many people seek out a Catholic university? Because they're uber Catholic. Instead of uh, DePaul is right, yeah. is right here in Lincoln Park. And that's the question, like... <laughs> They can still call themselves St. Mary's. Yeah, do whatever that, you want. Catholics don't own the word saint. Mm-mm. So the thing is, even That's if you say it's... my honorific, St. Jess. If they say it's no longer Catholic, yeah, they might lose some donors and whatnot. <laughs> but how many students like, are going to disappear and what would change? I don't know. So, like, not, his threat is not very... in 2023. Nothing's going to change. This tools, is not the... Ugh. The tools that he has at his disposal are kind of minimal, and also, by the way, yeah, the school... Yeah, he could throw a pretty good fit, Hammond. <laughs> the school's actually doing just fine. They have about 1,600 students total. It's wow. a small school. They also have Very an small. endowment of over $200 million. <laughs> so they're doing okay. Hey, Catholic Church, I know you have all your gold thrones and rubies and stuff, but like... There are gold toilets in the bathrooms at the school, I assume. I assume. What else would you do with 200 mil? Mm-hmm. Gold mm-hmm. heated toilets. Can Ooh, you imagine? Nice. Well, lucky we yep. are to be alive right now. Yes, it's what Hamilton dreamed of. Uh huh. Is that it? 
that's it. I feel like you just ran out of gas. <laughs> like your batteries <laughs> just died. They are dying slowly. It is so, the, the I don't end know, of a long day. Good news day. for now. We'll yeah. see. I want to read, and I hope uh, it's okay. I didn't explicitly ask for permission, but she um, she posted it in the group. A witner named Whitney um, said, so last week we talked about homeschooling and how appalled I was that like these kids are just fully teaching themselves. Mm. So Whitney said, I laughed out loud when Jessica was astonished that the homeschool girl was teaching herself. My homeschooling from a about grade three or four onward consisted of my mom giving me the student workbook and the teacher's guide and telling me to set my own curriculum and grade my own work. As a child with raging undiagnosed ADHD, girl, I feel you, I homeschooled myself until grade eight when I went to a charter charter school for high school and promptly failed the math entrance exam hard because I couldn't multiply anything more than two digits. I remember seeing the administrator trying very hard to hide their shock at how badly I did in the exam. It was mortifying. And a bunch of us did like care emojis. And then she responded that awkward moment when you tell a story from your childhood that you think is funny and everyone just stares at you and gives you a hug, (laughs) which is like so relatable. It just really made me laugh. Anyway, that's in our uh, Facebook group. And I hope that was okay that I read that. Um, yeah, you can find us at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Mm-hmm. You we have our Discord group. There's the Facebook group if you look up the podcast on Facebook. And you sure do. We have an email address, friendly which is atheist podcast at gmail.com. And you can always leave us a review. If it's good. Oh, I read this one already. It's okay. My favorite part. So here it goes. From no, I did that one already. Okay, I guess I ran out. Bring me leave new. us more positive reviews. Um, yeah, okay, thanks. Every- oh, bonus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're really doing well today. Okay, I have shit to talk about in the bonus. Yes. Here are the things I want. Oh, Let's first- open your half-assed ideas booklet. And that is what it is. Um, first of all, I forgot to say I was on a podcast called Your Therapist Needs Therapy. <laughs> um, they generally <laughs> interview therapists. LOL, I am not, but I work with... Um, uh, I, I spoke about the work I do with um, equestrian therapy and that kind of stuff. Um, and it was great and lovely. We talked for like 90 minutes. I genuinely don't remember. Like he said I could talk about horses and I just blacked out and came to <laughs> 90 minutes later. I also the want to talk. The whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I, like genuinely at one point he's like, are different breeds like different? I was like, are you asking me <laughs> to talk about horse breeds? My six-year-old heart, like horse girl heart is singing. Um, I also want to talk about, I'm learning about the Hatfields and the McCoys. I don't know if you know anything. Okay, speaking of the whitest thing you've ever heard. Um, Last Podcast on the Left is doing anything about them. And they're only one episode in, and I am riveted. I did not okay. know anything. I didn't even know if they were real people or not. I have, like, a couple of factoids I want to tell okay. you that are just so interesting. I also want to talk about um, a movie I wa- I rewatched this weekend with my friend Anne. I had one of my quarterly sleepovers with Anne. Can't recommend them more highly. Um, a movie called Fighting With My Family, um, which stars, oh shit, I can't think of her name. Her She was Danny in Midsummer, and she was um, Amy in uh, in Little Women. She's the blonde. Um, she has a really a gruff voice. Uh, she did Zach Braff for some reason. <laughs> um, she was also in, it doesn't matter. Um, we'll figure it out together. But she was in a movie called Fighting With My Family, which is about, um, it's a true story about this girl from a small town in the UK from a, um, a family who loves pro wrestling. And she auditions for the WWE and gets in. And it's just her story. And it's 
wonderful. It's just like a feel good, like family sports drama. It's funny. It's charming as fuck. I I just absolutely adored it. So I'll talk a little bit more about that in the, although I kind of did it all right now. Anyway, we will talk to you next week. Bye.